and welcome to another episode of So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the movies from your childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. It's the final jaunt of spoopy season and we've watched 2002's Scooby-Doo, starring Matthew Lillard, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Linda Cardellini and Freddie Prince Jr. My name is Evan and as always, I'm joined by Sam and Carl. Sam and Carl, how are you? <laughs> you always changed it slightly to throw us off. Yeah. Do you know why I wrote it that way? Because that, to me, kind of sounds like Scooby-Doo, where are you? <laughs> that's the level I'm operating on today. Oh, I messaged Sam before we started saying, I bet I bet Evan calls us Ramon Rahl, so I've lost. <laughs> well, I, I yeah. bet on some R's. Either be some R's in there. Um, I'm great. Still riding high from watching this great movie. Excellent movie. So I'm yeah. in a cracking mood. Only problem is I'm in the world's squeakiest chair. So all my excitement is going to be balled up while I try not to move a single muscle, not to ruin the <laughs> You're room. very still right now. Yeah. <laughs> Never been more tense. It's going to look like my video's frozen. <laughs> Promise you it hasn't. Cool. I'm not going to ask you how you are. I'm going to ask you, have you ever been to a strip club? <laughs> <laughs> I have, Evan. How did you know? Oh, crazy. Do you it's have any almost good like stories? I discussed the story with you before we started. Got any, got any anecdotes, by the way? <laughs> Do you actually want me to tell this story? This is, this is like my Jimmy Savile stole my dad, isn't it? All over again. Yeah, and that's our best one. I love that. That's the that title of my one? autobiography. That is Spy Kids. Spy Kids, okay. So yeah, if you want to hear the story of Jimmy Savile stole my dad... Listen to Spike It's <laughs> Or by his autobiography. Or that. Good good um good deflecting, but any strip club anecdotes? I do have the one. <laughs> As you boys may be aware, I went through a bit of a bad breakup about four years ago. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, to bring the tone down. <laughs> I think I kept it pretty well hidden. But yeah. <laughs> I, a cheerful strip club story. So Around, around that time, I was taken to a strip club by some people from work. And while I was there, I realized that I don't have enough money for a dance. That's sad. I'll tell you what I do have, though, is the bank card that I shared with my ex that we used to pay all our bills. <laughs> <laughs> be a terrible idea if I spent the money on there. Good thing you didn't. And I definitely didn't. That's the end of the story. <laughs> Happy Evan. I am happy, and for context for everyone listening, Carl was the good guy in all of this, so he well deserved yeah. Yeah. something he definitely didn't do. He didn't spend that money. I was hoping that you were going to say you pulled out a bag of Scooby snacks and you paid with those. <laughs> Crazy how relevant that anecdote would have been. To yes. <laughs> so let's get started with a quick plot synop, shall we, boys? Oh, I... Just heard that as I would be editing it, and that's going to be so many peas and so many wet noises. I need to invest in a pop shield for sure. Speaking of wet noises, I've been to a strip club before. (laughs) (laughs) Zoinks! Two years after a clash of egos forced Mystery Inc. to close its doors, Scooby-Doo and his clever crime-solving cohorts, Fred, Daphne, Shaggy and Velma, are individually summoned to Spooky Island to investigate a series of paranormal incidents at the ultra-hip spring break hot spot. Yeah. 
eventually I'm going to have a response ready for this other than, yep, that, that was it. That was, <laughs> that was the movie. That does summarise part of the movie, yes. I mean, that's absolutely not a synopsis of the plot. <laughs> it's that's the beginning. Almost a pitch for the film. Yeah. What, what the world <laughs> needs quite. is a podcast that goes into every single plot point in just an unnecessary amount of detail. What a great segue. We begin the movie <laughs> in the Wowo Toy Factory with Mystery Inc. Incorporated being chased by the Lunar Ghost. Iconic yeah. seeing this. Very memorable, even though it takes up two minutes of the movie maximum. This is what I think about. Really memorable. It was a really cool way of, you know, throwing back to the cartoons and having yeah. some classic, you Capers. know, reeling in the fans oh, with this. It sets the tone. On rewatch, I did wonder why... A toy factory had quite so many spinning blades and crushes and <laughs> buckets of motor oil. <laughs> but and a skateboarding ramp. Don't think too hard about that. <laughs> this is a toy factory that solely makes toys with sharp edges. <laughs> I think it really set the tone for the whole thing. They were saying, we're going to be true to the cartoon here. We're not going to make a parody. We're not going to make something satirical or make try to do a dark turn on the whole thing. We're doing a live-action Scooby-Doo. And I fucking loved it. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I want to sing my praises to the cast of this movie, because all of them are phenomenal. Everyone, even though I know the actors are kind of critical of the, the roles they played in this movie in general, they all do it so well, especially Matthew Lillard, who just has perfected Shaggy. I don't know why we're still bothering putting Shaggy in things when he has crushed it so hard in this movie. It is weird how well the casting was done. When you consider that he was acting alongside nobody. Nothing, yeah. Such a huge amount of this movie. The, the man is an unappreciated yeah. talent. Absolutely, yeah. Like, it wasn't exactly unheard of for actors to have to, you know, riff off a tennis ball on a stick at this point in Ooh. 2002. But it was still somewhat early days. I think tennis ball on a stick was 2003 onwards. <laughs> okay, well, maybe it was. Uh, but, all right, riffing off mid-air and acting with a non-existent co-star. But he did really, really well. Yeah, absolutely. He he kills it. And is my favourite in this movie. I, and we don't need to bury the lead. We all know we all love this movie. Yeah. And everybody who's mm -hmm. listening to this will also love the movie because it's perfect. Can we just off the bat talk about that Scooby-Doo model? Because that holds up. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So good. I think it does. So, I'm glad he, that you agree. He popped out of that barrel, and I just, I, my response even now was just, "Oh shit, I forgot how good that was." <laughs> yeah. When I know this is the, around the same era as Harry Potter's and your Lord of the Rings, but this is also the exact same year as The Rock in the Scorpion King, <laughs> and we could have had that. I mean, we did a bit. All of the everything CGI that wasn't Scooby Doo looks like ass. <laughs> all the monsters look like shit. Yeah, the shit. monsters aren't great. Oh, yeah, we, all the effects look like shit. We know where the effort went, but at least the effort went there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could have really been all the monsters totally were up. shit and the effects were shit and also Scooby-Doo <laughs> Scooby was shit. Was shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our podcast. <laughs> yeah. One other thing for the early scene, which at least stuck in my head, is that it establishes... Fred's uh, weird rope-swinging kung fu shit, hmm. which I don't think was taken from the cartoon. It was just in it for this film, and it really stuck with me. I think uh, Freddie Prince Jr. must just like to 
show off weird talents he has. Like in She's All That, where he just starts hacky sacking in the middle of the movie. <laughs> I think he's just sat at home Similar skill, spinning really. a rope and gone, all right, I'll sign on, but only if I get to do this. Yeah, <laughs> He's got a contractual clause, like The Rock does, where he can't be beat in a fight, but instead he's just got to include at least one of his weird talents. Must hacky sack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must do one of the following ten times. <laughs> so anyway, the gang capture the lunar ghost after several capers and, and failed traps and devices. Eventually they accidentally get him and bring him down and reveal to the crowd that has appeared from nowhere, along with the press now surrounding them, that it's Old Man Smithers, uh, the creepy janitor. Yeah. That is one thing I miss from 2002 is... From when we all, all used to just rush to crime scenes. <laughs> With <laughs> just, Pamela Anderson. Yeah, just yeah. trying to get autographs, seeing who the killer was. Officer, what? officer! <laughs> oh, the amount you could yeah. get for a police officer's signature on eBay. Pamela Anderson's cameo was a, a weird inclusion. No idea what, what was the point of it? that. Yeah. Was that was that another one of Freddy's uh, contractual? <laughs> well, he doesn't hacky sack in this, so apparently that was a reference to a series they had in the seventies, where each week they would have a different cartoon celebrity guest helping them solve a crime. Oh, oh. it's a bit of trivia for well, you boys. You well, there's a fair few Scooby Doo movies like that as well, isn't it? Because there's one they do a kiss. Uh, there's a WrestleMania one. I'm sure there's some wrestling pros in. I'm pretty sure The Rock is in a Scooby-Doo cartoon, although I maybe it's been mixing up my movies now. Anyway, <laughs> uh, there's a point here after they reveal who Old Man Smithers is, and it, the crowd asks, you know, how does he float? Fair question. And Velma approaches him, hands raised in front of her, and I thought, even though I've seen this movie a thousand times, she'd peel off his second mask, which is his human face, and there'd be a single balloon floating there to reveal why he was floating. <laughs> So I paused for a bit and tried to, to go beyond this and see where that movie would take us. But that's it. Enjoy that little tidbit. <laughs> Didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just the moon with the man with a balloon for a head. Sounds like a Channel 4 documentary from about 2002, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that they live in a world where ghosts can't possibly be real. That's why Mystery Inc. is around. You know, that's why people love them, why they're famous, because they keep proving that ghosts and other supernatural phenomena aren't real. Everybody is absolutely fine with a talking fucking dog. <laughs> Which again is about as far as this little tidbit goes. It is the least believable part of Mystery Inc. for me. If if that company or whatever they are existed, I assume calling themselves Mystery Inc., they must have registered themselves as a company. Yeah. Well, they they would one hundred percent be trying to convince us all that ghosts exist and only they can save us. <laughs> <laughs> As an American company, that's like all the mediums you see on TV. That's true. All they try to do, all they do is try to put themselves out of work yeah. all the time. Every time there's a haunting, they're the ones who are called. They're gonna, they should be saying, oh, yeah, ghosts exist and we are the guys. Wouldn't that be great if, what was that supernatural show where they, you know, go up to old mansion attics and put a Ouija board down and try and talk to the ghosts? Ghost adventures. If what they actually did Almost is walk into a... What was it? Most Haunted, yeah. What if they actually did is walk into the mansion and go, this is bollocks, actually. <laughs> it's just an old man. Yeah. It's just a man with a balloon for a face. <laughs> yeah. Actually, if you look, it's just us moving it around. <laughs> <laughs> brought it back. <laughs>
At the end of the interview, Velma is annoyed that once again, Fred has taken credit for her plan and uh-huh. has shared in of the glory and Mystery Inc. breaks up. Can we discuss that? Sure, Can yeah. We- That's why we're here, mate. Because <laughs> Velma is very annoyed that Fred took credit for her plan. Her plan that didn't fucking work at all. Plan doesn't work. None of it never worked. works. Fred got trapped under a net. She ended up hanging from a rope. Why? Well, I wouldn't take credit for that plan. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> no. happily happy for Fred to take credit. It all went wrong. <laughs> also, Shaggy tries to explain why the group should stay together. I know this is a joke, but with the oh. worst banana split recipe that you've ever heard. <laughs> so good, though. Yeah. It's great. Was he playing pastrami or something on the banana split? Bubblegum flavoured ice cream and hot sauce. Yes, yeah. But in the next scene, they have uh, eggplant burgers with chocolate sauce and hot sauce again. So it is a running theme. To him, that sounds great. I'd try that. I know we've discussed it, that there was a big change to this movie just before it started filming, where it was originally R-rated, I think. Yeah, 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 that's what people say. And in that version... Scooby and, well, I assume mainly Shaggy were potheads. Yeah. It does make the food choices make a bit more sense at that point. Absolutely. And there are remnants I mean, of that in this because the next scene they are opens potheads. with mm. Pastor Ducci on the left hand side. There's smoke coming out of the oh, yeah, mystery hot machine. Box in that van for sure, originally. For some reason, Shaggy got to keep, even though he must be the lowest earning member of that gang. <laughs> uh, but I guess nobody wants to be seen in the big branded fucking car anymore. <laughs> Speaking, while we're speaking of the big branded car, little uh, note on this. The number plate says, is meant to say Mystery Inc., but it actually just looks like My Stink. <laughs> Please go on. Are you, are you saying that you think Mystery Inc. had a pay scale? <laughs> I'm saying if they did. Oh, come on, that's not split five ways. When the dog gets nothing, for sure. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if Shaggy was rocking up going, yeah, the dog gets a, a fifth as well. My dog gets an equal share. (laughs) (laughs) There's some shady business dealings. Maybe that's why they all quit. (laughs) It's like, it's bollocks. I've got a PhD. (laughs) So is Shaggy. Pretty huge dog. (laughs) I'm going to add a silence in there so it sounds like you were thinking about that for ages. (laughs) It felt long enough. So an employee from Spooky Island comes and knocks on the side of the van... I assume that's their permanent address and they never drive anywhere. Otherwise, he'd never have found them, but that's fine. Uh, and tell Shaggy and Scooby that Mr. Mondavarius has invited them to Spooky Island to solve a mystery. That's what they do. They try and argue that they're not detectives anymore. But even though 10K doesn't convince them, all you can eat can. You yeah. can spend 10K on pretty much all you can eat for a while. But let's forgive that. I mean, you're, calling, you're, you're, you're hinting that they're stupid. When they decided that they must escape, and instead of escaping in the wheeled vehicle they were in, they just ran out of the door. <laughs> but these are all illustrations of the fact that they didn't change the movie to make them not potheads. They no, were yeah, always they potheads. Yeah. They're always stoners, obviously. But I think they just made it a bit less obvious. I was reading through some Reddit comments uh, just just to get like the general idea of the feel what how people felt about this movie. And someone argued that they weren't potheads and the smoke coming out of the van was because they put chocolate sauce on the eggplant burgers and that would obviously burn if you put it on a stove. 
That's a true defender there. Not my shaggy. Hashtag. Hashtag that, guys. <laughs> Devout Christian slash Scooby-Doo fan there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to touch on that again later. Great segue for 20 minutes time when we get there. Remember that, everyone. Anyway, Shaggy and Scooby accept and head off to the airport. And the group formerly known as Mystery Incorporate. Mystery Incorporated. <laughs> I knew I was going to struggle with that. Do not cut um, that. <laughs> Before they became Mystery Incorporated, they were Mystery Incorporated, as we all know. <laughs> so Mystery Recombinated. <laughs> I almost wrote there the group formerly known as Mystery Incorporated, aka Mystery Separated. And then I stared at that for a bit and I was like, no, maybe not. So Mystery Defenestrated. Now. Right, arrive at the Fucking airport. Hell. <laughs> Yes, they all bump into each other at the airport. Yeah, yeah nothing to do. say about this, except I really love when Scooby walks in and Brickhouse is playing <laughs> as he slow-mo walks in the dress and the hat. My note was, why are they playing Brickhouse as Scooby walks in? Just the song of that. So as funny. far as I'm aware, having a big arse. Yeah, you dummy thick. Yeah, so we, we see um, Fred and Velma, they meet up in the, the airport and ask each other what they've been doing. Fred's written his autobiography, and Velma says that she's been making, I'm going to have to find this written down somewhere, it's hydro-powered <laughs> missile defense systems for NASA. So either, because this is 2002, they live in a world where, because the US stopped making space-based weaponry, in the 80s and didn't start again until recently. So it's either a much more violent world in the Scooby-Doo world, or I think Velma's just a straight-up fucking liar. <laughs> I'm not convinced she's the genius that everyone thinks. She takes credit for plans that don't work out. And I think she's just a, just a liar. Well, she was the smart think... one in a dumb group. Uh, and Is she, yeah. though? What does she do? Uh, well, she comes up I with don't... a plan. What plan? Yes, it fails, but nobody else She comes a up plan. with a failed plan every time, then they pat her on the head, and then she got upset. I believe there were deleted scenes where, so everybody, you know, everybody says what they've been doing whilst Mystery Inc. has been broken up. Fred wrote his book, Velma works for NASA, uh, Daphne learned karate. Well, there were supposed to be flashbacks for each of those where all of those were events were failures for some reason. Like nobody turned up at the book signing. Velma's playing with toys in her backyard with a NASA t-shirt on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> working for NASA she was shooting a water time. gun at a fly. <laughs> Uh, and Daphne was like, she got, she was doing karate, but somehow got stuck up in a tree. Uh, so you're not far off there with, they are liars, and Mystery and coming back together was the best thing for all of them. Uh, and they do, well, they don't get back together now, but they all decide to go to Spooky Island together, get on that big spooky jet, uh, and they land. And we meet Mr. Bloody Bean himself, Rowan Atkinson. Do they as... land? Because I swear they get off a fucking boat. They get off a boat, yeah. It's a plane boat, get... dude. It's not. I've seen seen the movie. Plane crashes every time. They take off on a boat. uh, Sorry, they take off on a plane and then they get (laughs) off a boat. What is this world? Uh, We we make some jumps that they had a connection at some point. Uh, Before this point, when they're on the plane. Oh, my bad. Yes, we've skipped ahead. We get introduced. I mean, there's not much that happens here. There's a tiki bar on there. That's weird, but fine. Uh, The one thing I did want to mention is that Shaggy meets Mary Jane and says... That's my favourite name, yeah. which definitely went over my oh, head yeah. as a kid, but great joke. Well, what's more, what's more impressive is that Evan thinks that Spooky Airlines doesn't fly to Spooky Island and you've got to <laughs> get a boat for the rest of the way. 
Where's it fucking go then, Evan? <laughs> they got their own airline and they didn't put a runway in. Is that it goes what I'm to the hearing? fucking spooky depot and then you go across <laughs> to the spooky pier. You got a spooky fucking boat across spooky waters to get to Spooky Island. It's fucking several legs, mate. It's, it's an island for spring breakers. It's got to be cheap for a reason. It's got to be the five <laughs> connections you make. So if uh, Sam wants to explain Mary Jen is my favourite name. If I want to explain that. Yeah, well, yeah for all the it. deniers that Shaggy's a pothead out there. Shaggy's a very subtle pothead, so his favourite name's Mary Jane, which is a sort of, uh, what's the word, synonym for weed. Marijuana, baby. Because there's an M and J Marijuana. Yeah, baby. I actually did want to talk about her, because, yes, obviously she's named after weed. And I don't think she's I named can... after weed. That's some interesting parents. <laughs> Suspend my disbelief that that may or may not be the case. And that on the plane, Scooby is dressed like a woman and everybody believes that it is Shaggy's grandma. The thing that actually gets me here is that she is more than willing to pull out a bag of dog treats on a plane in public in front of everyone and start snacking on them. (laughs) Oh, we're building a world where there's 100% vegetarian dog treats that humans eat. No. So what we're learning is that Shaggy is a terrible dog owner because he feeds his dog solely vegetarian food, which is basically abuse. <laughs> and now you bring the mood back up, Evan. Yeah, oh, I'm not shit. That. We land just outside of Spooky Island and get several connections to finally arrive there where we meet Mondavarius. I can't remember his first name. It's something like Emil. Um, they meet Mr. Mondavarius. Uh, he's waiting on the pier for them. Yes, and he's expressed his concerns that there's some sort of supernatural element going on in the island because everybody who's coming in is happy-go-lucky college students looking for a good time. And when they leave, they're strange, sinister, quick-to-anger, dickbag-type people instead. What a great description, Evan. Nice stuff. Yeah, there is, as they, there is an example of this as they get off the pier. Where a guy who's just arriving talks to a girl who's just leaving because they've known each other their entire life. And she says, are you tricking on me? Back off my grill, son. And then she picks him up and throws him. And that is how we all talked in 2002, if you remember. <laughs> Dogs. Oh, yeah. Faux shizzle. I always thought that was really weird. Uh, as a kid, I did not understand that at all. But it was really only this time I watched it that I realised what the the weird indoctrination room was for. Uh, and obviously the Same. language used in those videos was resulted in these yeah. possessed people having these weird I speech finally patterns. made that connection this yeah. time, realising that it wasn't an indoctrination, like a brainwashing room. It was like an education room for yes, yeah. monsters in human yeah. skin heading, heading out into the real world. <laughs> yeah, it's a great joke that unfortunately went way over my head. But um, if we're talking about that, indoctrination video now i really love the line uh, i'm up to sniz on all popular trends <laughs> <laughs> gotta start using that in daily life uh, can we make that the podcast new like twitter bio is that still a thing yes yes we're up to sniz on all popular trends yeah i'll remove any other information <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the gang gets settled in. Uh, they don't do much investigating. They Well, Velma heads over to Spookapalooza, which is like a 10-minute event they host for everybody who's just arrived at the island 
where <laughs> Nagoo and Zarkos. Fuck off, what? Yeah, that's their names. Nagoo and Zarkos. So Nagoo well, is the bald the guy Rangers? in the red vase coat. Uh, waste the aliens from The Simpsons. And Zarkos <laughs> is the luchador. Who are just... I don't know why they're there. Why is there a Mexican wrestler on the island? <laughs> and they put on a little show uh, talking about how 10 years ago, Mondavorius came to the island and upset all the spirits that lived there. And they're plotting their revenge and, and they're going to take over humanity. And there's a big fire and you see a face of one of the terrible CGI bunny creatures... And Nagoo <laughs> asks Velma if she's scared, but she knows this is a hologram. Yeah, Nagoo. <laughs> Nagoo. It's N apostrophe G O O. Anyway, Velma spots that it's a holographic projector. Uh, and for a film based pretty foundationally in 2002, there's quite a lot of high tech stuff going on. I was more preoccupied with why you've brought Mystery Inc. to your island. Why is the first thing you do putting on a show about everything that you're doing? <laughs> For us to catch us up. on a big show where you say, here's my whole plan. This is what's going to happen. It's because they're fucking useless, mate. Yeah. They, get yeah, off, they still don't get it. They get off the plane boat and he has to explain what the issue is and why. And then just to make sure it gets into Velma's thick head, they send her to a little <laughs> show and she gets... Yes, yeah, so repeat, just to make sure it's all in there. And she's too busy looking at all the flashing pretty lights <laughs> to actually catch what they tell her. Oh my god, that theory's got some legs. Maybe Velma is the dumbest one. Oh, don't worry. I've got more. So everybody else is just walking around the grounds and, and getting the lay of the land for Spooky Island. Uh, but Scooby gets a mysterious voice call from... Voice call. Oh, Lord. Mysterious call from... <laughs> The bar. Was, uh, was that for Scooby-Doo? Uh, well, it wasn't for Melvin-Doo. Okay. <sighs> that's my favourite line. In, we'll get to that later. We'll get that's introduced later to Melvin-Doo here. <laughs> Scooby gets a mysterious call to tell him to go into the woods for free hamburgers. And at this very same time, Daphne meets a man on the beach who's doing a voodoo ritual, suspiciously preparing some raw chicken for dinner. He, of course, tells for dinner? her... dinner? Yeah, well, for it's a, dinner, for a it? sacrifice is what he said. It's saying. not a sacrifice if the chicken's already <laughs> dead. They do make this point in the film. Also, he's a, a very sassy man. I enjoyed his comment uh, when oh. she asked for a clue and he said, purple's a fall colour and it's the middle of May. Yeah, I, I, another one that I didn't understand when I was a kid. No. Wasn't a very fashionable child, I guess. But yeah. The, yeah, this guy's entire purpose just seems to be to point the way because they'd never figure it out otherwise. He has to bring the castle into play because they'd have never figured it out. Later on, he sends them in the right direction again. And we never really get a conclusion on him. No, no, not at yeah. all. So he does appear again later. He is just an NPC who guides the quest. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a map marker. Also, you can sell chickens to him. <laughs> <laughs> he tells her not to go up to the castle and Daphne goes through his whole series of does he want me to go, doesn't he want me to go in her head, but decides eventually to go up. But at the same time, we cut back to Scooby, who finds the promised hamburgers, but is chased off by one of the terrible CGI monsters. Doesn't look so bad right now because it's dark. By the way, crazy, crazy early in the film to be showing yeah. the monster. Yes, yeah, definitely. There's no mystery in that but the weird lanky rabbit monsters of this movie are 
burned into my brain and they're still as horrible now. A really weird choice, because it doesn't really look like anything that's a monster in real life. Maybe that's the purpose, to make them less scary for kids. I'm certain that they went to the they went to the art team or the CGI team or whoever and said, okay, I want you to make a monster. They're like, all right, what what do you want us to do? It's like, oh, I don't give a shit. Just do a monster. I don't know. A monster. Rabbit or something. That's yeah. it. <laughs> Imagine a... Whatever you've got. A furless rabbit that's... 10 foot tall, but it is scary. It's horrible. A furless anorexic rabbit. Yeah. Oh, there is something I wanted to mention here. So when Scooby finds the hamburgers on the tree, he puts his little paws together and he looks up at the sky and he says thank you, presumably, to God. And that suggests to me that in some way Scooby is aware of God and may be religious in some way. And the implications of that are that. staggering to me. Well, why, who's he thanking? How the fuck does Scooby-Doo know about God? I mean, religious people thank God every day. He still doesn't fucking exist. Well, he's not saying that. It's saying that Scooby believes in him. He's a fucking talking dog. Of course he yeah, believes in Scooby-Doo God. Scooby-Doo think that Jesus died for his sins? You think when Jesus was making his list of the people he was fucking dying for, he has an idea. He was like, okay, yeah, so all humans, but then also that fucking talking weed-smoking dog as well. He can come to heaven too. <laughs> all humans and two dogs. All, all dogs. Scrappy's not going to heaven, bro. We should watch that at some point. That's a harrowing movie. I've never seen it. It's harrowing. It's it's pronounced Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was doing the Scooby-Doo version. <laughs> Scooby runs back into public uh, and into Shaggy's arms but Shaggy dispels any worry of a monster because a man in a rabbit costume just walks out of the forest uh, but he does embarrass Shaggy in front of Mary Jane uh, but Daphne turns up now and convinces Scooby and Shaggy to come up to the spooky castle for a bit of an investigate and they do yeah I've got nothing on that coerces them up with a Scooby snack yeah Shaggy doesn't get one which it does Scooby Snack. Presumably, they've got a brand deal. And whatever company makes them, they're getting royalties on them, I would guess. You'd think that they'd also have an unlimited supply of these things. Unless but Scooby was named after the snack. Do, do they all have the brand deal, or is it just Scooby? Because That's why Shaggy can afford to live yeah. with him, because Scooby why he pays the all the bills. Yeah, Scooby gets all the royalties. Yeah. He's getting two-fifths of the pay. Yeah. And he's got a fucking dog food deal. I mean, he's probably dog only eating empire. them so he can advertise them while he's walking around. <laughs> or I, I yeah. mean, he doesn't actually get one from Velma, to be fair. So From Daphne. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. There's something I quite liked here, because Daphne's surveying the room. There's, there's creepy statues, there's big goblin monsters, which I also think about a lot, with like the Jester's costumes on. Pretty memorable. It made me think of um, Spy Kids with the, like the weird designs of the houses and stuff. For some reason, it reminds me of Labyrinth, but I couldn't tell you why. Nice, let's call back to as many episodes as we can. Although, at some point in this, there is a yes. song which... Yes. I, I don't know when it is, but it does an alternative version of Magic it. Dance. <laughs> don't You've worry, we'll talk it. about okay, that. Good. Oh, look out for that one, listener. Daphne then says, the only thing missing is a mindless zombie, at which point Fred walks in, which I loved. Good joke. And I love how Fred got here, because he says that he followed some weird footprints up to the castle, 
which is an insane clue to follow on an island full of people walking about. It's a theme park. There are thousands of people walking around creating footprints. There are also 10-foot-tall rabbit monsters walking around. They've probably got some weird footprints. He didn't see those. He didn't say they were massive. He said they were weird. Yeah, he probably should have mentioned if they were, like, size 24. And (laughs) rabbit-shaped. I like to imagine that... Because we've seen everyone else at this point. We know what Velma's doing. She went to Spookapalooza. Shaggy and MJ and Scooby. They might suffer some serious bunnions. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> should we just end I'm ready for bed. Should we end it there? <laughs> yeah, I like to imagine that Fred has been walking around for the past four hours just following different tracks of footprints whilst people create them around him until eventually he accidentally <laughs> just, found the set that led him up to the castle. About five steps behind the people making them. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he sees them next to him as someone walks past and he's like, oh! how weird anyway they obviously decide to split up so now we take three diverging pathways scooby and shaggy find the fake feast which is another (laughs) and that was such a long scooby and saggy (laughs) scooby and shaggy find the fake feast which is another really memorable point in this movie for sure. Yeah. It um, is in a second, but it's after a, ra- a random little person who turns out to just be in yeah. there, sees that they're all wandering around and turns on the ride and just never appears again. He does when does Fred he? is crushed through the window by the pendulum. Uh, you see oh, him no, oh, no, sorry. Out of the I mean, but then he just hides and leaves. For the rest of the movie, right? We never oh, see no. Him yeah, again. yeah. No, once we're outside of the castle, he's gone. Strange. Everyone else sticks around but he's just gone gone i suppose those would be some weird footprints wouldn't they <laughs> well i mean if if fred's following just smaller footprints he's gonna bump into a lot of children i don't think he will i don't think there are any kids on this island there's some freaky spring breakers if they brought their kids <laughs> but yeah the the guy he turns on the ride and then the the big banquet comes alive and banquet that's the word i was looking for yeah so that's a bit more supernatural than the other things going on because yeah. the sausages can fly and stuff. But let's summarise what the others are doing as well. Fred and Velma get trapped in a long hallway and there's pendulums slowly moving towards them uh, while they frantically try to remove books from a bookcase to see if there's a secret door. And Daphne straight up gets... <laughs> Daphne? <laughs> Daphne straight up gets hit at 30 miles an hour by a roller coaster uh, and is being ploughed towards spikes in a wall my question to you boys is who the fuck are these rides for <laughs> i mean all of them end in, in the car presumably be all right. they, yeah presumably if you're in the car just, you're just, fine just, just don't lay yourself on the front of the car okay while we're talking about the pendulums as a kid i remember thinking this was a very tense scene watching it now i'm like they could just go the other oh, side yeah this is do you remember the scene you in, just walk past do you remember the scene in deadpool where he's on the ice hockey rink Threatening to run a guy over with, I think they're called zambonis. The yeah. and there's so much di- that, that there's so much distance in this. They have so much. So time. it's going so slowly. Yeah. The but, only reason that it nearly gets them is that he kind of Fred kind of stupidly stumbles back and stops yeah. and stands there and waits for it to swing Fred, towards. Fred can't remove a, a really book long from time. a bookcase without putting his yeah. whole body into that movement and flinging <laughs> himself backwards. <laughs> <laughs> and Velma's plan, let's find a book, and she wasn't wrong, 
but her plan didn't fucking work, did it? What actually happened is <laughs> that was the last the pendulum knocks Fred through a window, and then he hits the off button. Yeah. Yes. So yes. once again, just pure luck. Three. Failed. Velma nil. I like the essay that's being formed around <laughs> Velma being the dumbest shit in this movie. Yeah. I mean, it, she does also say the last book and points at a book that's surrounded by loads of other books. <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't the last one. Sorry, go on. So Fred has hit through the, the window, like you said, uh, and switched off the rides. And uh, they discover that this is the, the brainwashing facility we were talking about recently. Well, more of an educational yeah. facility. They call it a brainwashing. Velma calls it a brainwashing facility because she's wrong again. <laughs> she's wrong. It's the complete opposite of what Velma thinks, as usual. And uh, like we said, I, I never understood this as a kid. This went completely over my head. But now we know that it's a training yeah, facility we, for We have these, them discover the videos and people. at the same time, Scooby and Shaggy have this burping, farting competition, which I didn't realise was in the room that those videos were filmed in. Because they're surrounded by oh. static cameras. Yeah, the furniture yeah. and stuff. Yeah, oh, I didn't catch that Daphne either. On them. I really wanted to have notes on that because it's a scene I enjoy so oh, much. Oh, I, I don't worry. I have notes on that. So there's an education video. And Scooby and Shaggy are in the room that that video was filmed in. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Yes. At the same time, Daphne finds the Damon Ritus and is almost trapped inside a big triangle cage. Pyramid. <laughs> oh, Sam couldn't deal with that. Uh, it's 3D. Thank you. It's a pyramid. I knew that would annoy someone. <laughs> Sorry, finish what you were saying. The way that when it closes... It doesn't really close. It all just clangs together and all the top opens again. It just looks a... so gentle, doesn't it? Yeah. I kind yeah. of... I, you could push your way I out. kind of assumed that it was another... Because they leaned very much into the tropes of the show. And I kind of assumed that the trap closing so slowly that a normal person could just jump out was just them joking about the things you would usually see in the cartoon. Where in the cartoon, I imagine she would have just stood there as it closed around her. I agree, yeah. I think you're absolutely right in that. Um, on the Damon... Fucking brain oh. is trying to say Matt Damon. <laughs> on the Damus... Oh my god, the Damus. <laughs> Should I give up on this I ju- I just, Okay, I'll try one more time. I just started referring to it as the um, like paper fortune teller from when you were a kid. You know those ones where... Yeah. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, nobody's going to know what that is because they can't see us doing the little finger movements. You know, I didn't know you, how, to, how do you even explain? How to write you open it vertically, us. then horizontally, then vertically, then horizontally, and then you fold open the little flap of paper, and then you know and it how says, to do like an old ritual. Yeah, thinking about it because I do like this as an addition to the movie. I love creepy artifacts and things like that. But the logic to me of knowing Scrappy Doo is the villain already. And thinking about how he went out on this big expedition. A fucking puppy went out, (laughs) spoke to scholars, and went on... Okay, yes, he's a... What do they say he has? A glandular issue. My favourite change from the original. Not well received, (laughs) but cracks me up every time. Yeah. Fuck Scrappy-Doo, man. (laughs) Awful. Uh, Sorry, five and six-year-olds out there. That that is our main audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, that was a reference to something I'd read and not talked to you boys about. So James Gunn wrote Scrappy as the villain because he thought everybody hated Scrappy. But then after the movie was released and shock horror, mostly kids went to see this. 
uh, demographic groups between five and six complained about Scrappy being the villain and James Gunn was forced to give an apology being like, sorry, I I didn't know anyone liked him. He apologised to five and six-year-olds. And also five and six-year-olds complained about a movie. (laughs) I don't think I could articulate a complaint at five or six. I think I would have forgotten the movie by the time I walked out. Did you boys watch the original cartoon when you were younger? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember, like now, even as a kid, whenever the opening credits were on and it said Scrappy Doo was in the episode, I was off. I was annoyed. I wasn't off, but I was annoyed. I don't think I was. I, 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 think I was alright with him. I hated, I hated Scrappy Doo, and I was completely okay with this. And I assumed everyone was the same. This is a better version of that character. He's awful. He absolutely embarrasses Scooby-Doo with how articulate he is, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Scooby-Doo can he might be a just dick, about at least he can speak properly. Mumble a couple of words. Scrappy-Doo is a scholar by comparison. I, I reckon he can't even say Mystery Incorporated. Oh, did you please ever watch the Scooby Dumb cartoon, which was no. Scooby's not oh, so no. I remember cousin. This. Well, it wasn't called Scooby and a Shaggy was ripoff. It? Is this where he had like a? Stupid cousin, he was like, like a redneck cousin is what we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shaggy was also, um, yeah, Scooby Dumb. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I remember no, it. I didn't see that. Dumb lives with Ma and Pa Skillet, so that gives you an idea of the demographic of the uh cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> and what would uh, that yeah, be? Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, just something I remembered. Oh, just you know, inbred. <laughs> Now we're not popular with five or six-year-olds or inbreds. <laughs> but inbred five and six-year-olds fucking lovers. Love everything. <laughs> they don't know what's going on, mate. Uh, the gang pretend to be mannequins to avoid all the henchmen now flooding the the castle. Uh, and Velma takes the Damon Ridus that Daphne found. Uh, I keep saying Daphne now. Yeah, I know. Daphne found... <laughs> Saying Daphne deftly. Uh, back to the bar, uh, and instead of taking it to her room, uh, she yeah. just full-on whips it out in front of absolutely everybody, including one of the suspects, Mr. Mondavarius. <laughs> and the goo is there as two, well. Two yeah. of the suspects. But yeah. Get out in two front of both of them. So, yeah, she, the other guy's cooking his chicken from She earlier. decides to do it in public, which and it, but then she complains to this guy who may be a love interest, I'm not sure, that she always does the brain work. I'm not convinced. I reckon the others have already figured it out. Well, I mean, she in this case, her, Fred, and Daphne have split up. Daphne. Fred has gone off to interview people. Bit vague, but fair enough. Velma's going to stay and translate the demon writers. And Daphne is, in her own words, going to go and research cults on the web. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? She's going to Google cult. <laughs> Yeah, she'll be on the Wikipedia page for cult. <laughs> yeah, at best. Whilst talking to this man who may be a love interest, but I don't think ever is, um, we get a flashback. I think she of gets off the gang with him in the, the olden days. No, she just punches him in the arm. Oh. <laughs> well, she has a new boyfriend in the second one, didn't she? Uh, Seth Green's character. Awful. Oh, Seth. Weird. I hate Seth Green <laughs> with a fucking passion. Uh, well, I don't know why. He had his yeah. um, NFT ape robbed off him this year, so. Life's good now. There you go. There's a good reason to hate him. And to feel good about the world again. At least there's justice. Uh, We get a flashback to Scrappy-Doo. Well, the gang in the olden days. And Scrappy-Doo pissing all over Daphne. Yeah. And there's nothing really to talk about in this scene, apart from him being an obnoxious little cunt. But I already knew that about him. But what I found interesting was Fred wasn't annoyed that he pissed on Daphne, but he was annoyed that he thought he was marking his territory, which means there's some... 
sexual battle that Fred thinks that he has with Scrappy over who is claiming Fred's Daphne is their girlfriend. has been pissing on Daphne for years. Yeah. She's still in the same dress as well, so that thing's got to fucking reap. <laughs> in response to being told off, Scrappy tells Fred, you don't have to scrope for this job. Which was <laughs> so a hell of a line for a kid's film. So good. And of course, he gives him an ultimatum of whether or not he should be the leader or Fred should be, and they, they kick him out. Now, yeah. We get this flashback after Velma's sat at the bar, and the bartender just comes up with two drinks and goes, these are on the house. She takes one sip, <laughs> and then straight after the flashback, she is fucking trashed. This woman, yeah. not, who's just trusting a free drink? She's there to solve a mystery, and, and free drinks show up. Probably don't take a sip. I'm just, I'm adding to the evidence that Velma's the dumb one of the group. We'll leave it there. You're quite right there. But also, there's a deleted scene here with the barman. I know when Mondavarius says that those drinks are non-alcoholic, so it's also a placebo, adding to the essay that she is a dumb fuck. <laughs> we also get the worst deleted scene in this, which is the the, the singing, where she sings, um, it's just too good too to be good true. To be true. Yeah. That one. Thank God you joined in because I was about to embarrassingly sing a lot of that because I was panicking. Uh, and Fred reappears and starts saying that there's no such thing of monsters and uh, monsters attack immediately. The bar is ransacked full of monsters. Uh, the big bunny boys made of bad CGI. Very exciting stuff. Oh, this is where the song from Labyrinth is. Yes, sorry, I knew this. But this there's a reason I made is. a note of this. Okay, yeah, that yeah, makes so sense. I meant to Google what the song actually is because it's not quite the same version. Um, no, it's... It is the song sung by Jareth, Dance Magic Dance. It's that song. I think it uses uh, ly Labyrinth. lyrics from that and then it might... It. yeah. Maybe it samples it or something. I don't, that's a, not the right word, but it steals some lyrics from it and then, yeah, it steals the voodoo bit. But yes, yeah, that was a yeah. weird throwback. Love it. Mm -hmm. Still one of my favourite episodes. Yeah, great film. So the, everybody in the bar is getting attacked. The What do we call the big bunny monsters? Do they have a name? I don't think they ever get a name, but I missed Nagoo. Monsters. So. <laughs> yeah. It's only mentioned yeah, once. Bunsters works. Bunsters, I like that. Okay, oh, really? so the Bunsters start attacking everybody in the bar. Okay, there was almost an issue there with me saying Bunster on barring the same sentient. <laughs> God, so Good I'm God. really struggling, everyone. I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> the Bunsers attack everyone in the bar, and they're doing that breathing thing, which we haven't mentioned yet. They knock people out and assumedly steal their souls by breathing this green burpy gas all over them. We've all been there. Yep. Scooby escapes with Shaggy, MJ, and Daphne. Uh, they crash to a window. Is MJ established in the movie, or is that just... You. Yeah, she's with them. Yeah, no, I no, I meant, I meant calling her MJ. As a name. I, that's a fairly universal abbreviation. No, okay. Apparently I just didn't absorb anyone's names in this. So. While we're talking about absorbing and the monsters and the, the breath and that shit, um, so they, they possess people by breathing green gas on them. They knock them and out then, at least, yeah. And then that pincer thing. Yeah, there, there is a deleted scene where we see gotcha. Daphne's... It's not called a soul, is it? It's called the protoplasmic something. It's, protoplasmic, it's, yeah. it's pulled out of them, and then we actually see one of the monsters go up to them and then turn themselves into almost like a gas that goes into their body. Okay, ignore me then. I was trying to figure out the mechanics of that, but it exists. It, it exists that. in a deleted scene. So after Scooby escapes with Shaggy, MJ, and Daphne, um, they decide to sleep on the, the beach. Well, they call the Coast Guard, <gasps> who has also been 
possessed. All of the yes. all the Coast Guards are these monsters, which we know because they do a spooky face to the camera. So they call up the Coast That's Guard. That's something, yeah, as well I didn't get as a kid. I thought that was just supposed to be a funny, like, misdirect. But it, it's, yeah, very clearly implied that both those Coast Guards and assumedly all Coast Guards who could possibly work a shift near Spooky Island are all possessed, which means that during the ritual where everyone has to be in the chamber... There were many shipwrecks and drownings at sea because there were no Coast Guards working. Absolutely. You are correct. I mean, yeah, the next cohort of people that were going to be ferried in from the from the plane uh, definitely stranded. But the Coast Guard lures them to the pier and evilly laughs as he is. He's like, right, I've got them, I've got them there. Then does nothing. Just lets them sit there, go to sleep, and then it's the next day. Yeah, they wake up and everything's now seemingly fine. All the damage done by the monsters the night before has disappeared. All these people that had been attacked are now just like playing volleyball on the beach. There is aggressive amounts of 90s music being played all over the place and a lot of dancing. We get a, a cameo as they walk walk back up the beach. Get a cameo from Sugar Ray who's playing the music. And Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray gets right up in the camera uh, and does his spooky eyes. So good. And the reason that I yeah. know his name is there's a really funny video uh, of, of him online where someone was recording him <laughs> and they called him Sugar Gay and he got really, really <gasps> angry. <laughs> oh, yes, I remember that. Great video. Look it up if you haven't seen it. I'm going to put it in the description. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so you're quite right. They split up to find Fred and Velma because, assumingly, they've been possessed um daphne bumps into sugar ray and he gets all up in her face and scooby and shaggy find fred who is just full-on cracked yeah, out he at has this now point. been mystery indoctrinated oh very nice <laughs> fred and his gang of crack strength compadres attack shaggy and scooby but they escape in some hella sweet quad bikes yeah. i love this scene for this following re- oh yeah also mj's with them while they're driving away on the bikes really fast, there's one guy holding onto the back of Scooby's, like getting dragged along the floor. And whilst I'm sure he got unpossessed at the end of the movie and spiritually he's fine, his fucking balls will never be the same <laughs> because they were making full yeah. contact with the ground for two minutes straight at 40 miles an hour. That is a sweet red that grind, my friend. re-entered his body and was just road rash <laughs> from chest to feet. <laughs> Road Rash does not describe what it... His dick is still on that road, Carl. Oh my god, this poor guy. Uh, and also here, we MJ's face hits a branch uh, attached to the rest of her body, uh, and it's revealed that she is one of the freaky bunsters. Glad I remembered that. Rary Rain is a ran and a rask. It's something that has been burned into my brain since I was a child. So good. <laughs> Mary Jane is a man in a mask. So many good lines in this movie. So after that, a great segue, uh, not really a segue if it's the next thing that's happened, Evan, but Shaggy and Scooby have a little fight, uh, a little scrap over him calling Mary Jane a man in a mask, and Shaggy accidentally pushes him into a hole. Immediately he jumps down, but Scooby is missing. He's been captured by Mondavarius. Yeah. Or has he? Yeah, he has. Yeah. He ends up in a room with our big vat of protoplasmic heads and next yes, to them the daemon brightus which has been taken back again and after it's been stolen once one security guard minimum at that point right 
you'd think. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd think that they... That, they you've have, got an island of people. Yeah, they've got an island of people, and they're all out fucking playing bo- volleyball and listening to Sugar Ray, and not one of them is <laughs> guarding the very important ritual stuff. <laughs> Good point. Also, that's not the only fucked thing about this scene, because Shaggy sees his his friends in the bowl, and he saves them quite rightly, <laughs> but he also takes somebody else out, and is like, sorry, I, I don't know yeah. you, and puts him back in. And then leaves everybody else to oh, their fate. Sorry, I'm looking for my friends and then putting the head back. <laughs> it's crazy how much time all the main characters spend with this vat without saving one single solitary other person. <laughs> Did you uh, notice who was among the captured? Velma. Not that smart. Like in Shaggy and oh. Scooby survived, <laughs> didn't they? Yeah, true. So Shaggy releases Fred, Daphne, and Velma. And we get a great scene now. Fred enters the body of Daphne, and the monster is ejected, and, and Velma kills she it. She kills it, but does so yeah. by saying that she waits for it to exit the body and look like it might attack before opening the blinds. Yeah. But she says, you could use a little sunlight, like it's a pun. And it really bugged me, because it, it's not <laughs> at all. But then... <laughs> she she says she's figured it out. The monsters have to use human bodies because they can't survive in the sun. And then says SPF one million. Is the human body SPF one million? Or she just pull that number out of her <laughs> ass because she's a fucking idiot. Because if, For the monster if it is inside, if it is one million, does that mean that does that mean that we are we are one million and fifty off of not getting cancer when we're out in the sun. Is that how shit our bodies are? Just have to top up that fifty SPF and then we'll be all right. One million didn't quite cut it. Or is she just a fucking idiot? <laughs> I like that. It's like being ten UCAS points of getting into the <laughs> So close. Yeah. So Fred enters Daphne's body and. He sexually assaults her for a bit uh, while she's not around. All pretty funny jokes. Brings the vocal cords with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as Daphne goes into Fred's body, she brings the vocal cords and a purse with her. Yeah, I don't know whether I, I wrote that down, but didn't know how to make that funny. So I was just like, yeah. <laughs> as a married couple, like the actors, do, do you reckon yes. they had to discuss what was too far when impersonating your own spouse? What's going to get you sleeping on the sofa next <laughs> the next night? Well, for... <laughs> For for a second, I actually had to think. I wonder if Fred had to speak to his wife before grabbing her boobs as her. Then I realised, <laughs> hold on, no, that didn't happen. He wasn't in her body. I had that same thought, bro. Thank God I'm not alone. It's me, you, and Velma forever. <laughs> <laughs> so mystery and all regroup, uh, and we get a fun little scene where the. Damon Rydus is put down in the middle and they all body swap for a bit and everybody gets a chance. Don't worry, we'll all get a chance to sexually assault Daphne for a bit. <laughs> they all enter the correct bodies again uh, and they take a nice little jaunt down to the beach and we meet the voodoo man who's finished his chicken yeah. and is now trying to ward off evil by sacrificing <laughs> a dead Anuki beast. Again, if it's already dead, you can't sacrifice it. <laughs> also... What the fuck is an Arnuki beast? In a movie that is about disproving monsters, we've already got monsters that we need to disprove. Why now are you adding Arnuki beast? He is Mr. Exposition. 
they would never figure out what is going on by themselves. So he has to say, I'm sacrificing this strange four-legged monkey monster. Anuki beast. Because they're about to do their ritual. Over there in that cave, you should probably go. It's a hell of a leap, isn't it? He went from a shop-bought chicken to this. (laughs) Nothing in between. It's in the clearance section. Get get yourself down to Lidl when the chickens are out. Our Nuki Beast is all you get. It's all our Nuki Beast. You have to get it from World Foods. (laughs) It's just below the Frugos. There's massive jars of pickles with the orange labels. <laughs> Weird coloured pickles. <laughs> Scooby's now been taken. Have, have we been yes, told that yes. he's our sacrifice? This is the scene now. Uh, so Mondavarius is saying he, how much he loves Scooby-Doo and how he wants him to be a sacrifice for the ritual. And what I love about this is that there's one of the skeleton people from the Spookapalooza uh, dance scene much earlier on. And I love to think... That at night these guys are henchmen for the for the for Mondavarius, you know they're doing his evil bidding, and in the day they have to entertain children and such, <laughs> just and serving give drinks. out balloons and serve cotton candy, yeah, yeah, for all that shit. Double. What shift have you got today? Are you torturing the prisoner or are you handing out chips? I love that half of them have to act as staff on the island, and the other half have yes. to act as people partying on the island. And it probably gets to the point where there's almost no real guests. And they're sort of awkwardly serving each other, looking at each other like, are you, are you one of them? I can't remember. Have this spiked drink, just in case. <laughs> they're all walking around doing terrible impressions of Snoop Dogg. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking each other out and then going, oh, shit. Sorry, Dave. Whilst we're on this scene as well, where Scooby is in the pyramid, Sam... There's a deleted scene, which is what I think they should have kept in the movie, where Scooby-Doo keeps faking heart attacks to try get out of the trap and get into hospital. But the god is like, no, he's done this seven times already. That's gold. Also, it relates to me because, not to get too real with you boys, but I often dream about faking heart attacks to get out of situations I don't want to be in. I've never done it in real life, but it is honestly a recurring dream for me. I would say I have it three times a week. That's why we're recording a day late. Now, when Evan has a heart attack on the pod, in a boy who cried wolf fashion, we will completely ignore him and just keep on trucking. Does this all the time. We're wise to you. Never trust a drink from No, Evan. he can make the capillaries in his eyes pop on purpose. Don't worry <laughs> about him. So yeah, Velma now... Well, we assume Velma now makes the plan. She says that they're gonna make a plan to save Scooby. Does it work? No, it fucking doesn't, does it? Not. That's 4 nil to life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they home alone the, the cave system, yeah. which is where all this ritual stuff is going to be going on. And they plan to drop a skull glitter ball down into the centre and also open the rat, uh, the vent that's above oh, it I and shine the light down onto all the demons. For a second. Always start with R now. <laughs> open the rent. <laughs> open the rent. But yeah, not only does their plan fail, they also bought, brought the fucking Damon Ritus with them to the ritual. They could have left it anywhere. Yeah. Could have left it with the fucking raw chicken guy. They chucked it in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> True. Why are they keeping it? For evidence. Yeah. But even if you keep it, don't bring it with you to the one place it's needed. Yeah. Velma. Okay. Shaggy realises he's going to be caught after falling down from the ras- rafters finding Scooby-Doo uh, because the possessed people are now filing into the cave. Uh, so he takes the uniform off the guard he knocked out by accident 
does a little dance when everyone's walking past and knocks him out again with his elbow. Another iconic scene and more great Matthew Lillard stuff. Just yeah, stuff you can't critique. It's awesome. And there's the big ritual chant dance scene. Velma and Fred are giving it their fucking best, but Fred's going a bit too hard because now everybody's pointing at them and Fred promises to do an electric slide. And my only critique of this movie is that Fred never fucking does an electric slide. He says it <laughs> twice and his knees never touch the ground. Fair enough. I didn't know I, what an electric slide was electric when I watched is. this and I still what? don't. I, I assumed he was doing it. <laughs> yeah. You fucking power slide across the floor on your knees when you're dancing. There's a name for that. You're on a disco floor. Eight-year-olds do at weddings. Electric slide. Eight-year-olds, I'll be doing it. That's my fucking main move, bro. (laughs) I've ruined four four suits doing that. (laughs) My white one, my grey one, my blue one, and my other white one. I should stop doing it. It costs me 70 to 100 pounds each time I do it. The questioning looks Evan gets that his tailor's now asking for reinforced knees. (laughs) (laughs) What are you getting up to? Just electric sliding, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so now this is the, the big scene. Chaggy has tried to save Scooby uh, on his way being taken down to being a sacrifice, but he's too late. Very funny as well with, uh, should we should we count down from five and immediately the soul is taken? I, I did love that. Yeah, that was good. Uh, but Chaggy tries to save the day by jumping on the big pincer, which somehow can remove the souls from people. And I suppose this is our big fight scene? This is where Fred whips out his chain and... Yeah. We get a return of his sort of... I don't know what it's called, but whipping that big rope R- around. Rope around. Thing that I thought was <laughs> yeah. really cool as a kid. Rope and jitsu, to be honest, maybe. still do. Yeah, sure. But Very yeah, nice. It's just Fred's fighting some bad guys in the cave. Shaggy's mm-hmm. saving Scooby. Daphne's up top fighting our luchadore guy. And yep. Velma's getting captured. Dumb bitch. Stupid. I can't remember what she yeah. <laughs> So Daphne fights our luchadore, kicks him through the roof. That knocks over the big bowl of souls. And then Daphne moves our disco ball into place. Sorry, I think we yes. I think we may have missed the greatest line over in the movie. one minor point. <laughs> Which this is, is where, where Mondavarius is revealed as a robot and then as Scrappy-Doo. Mondavarius gets knocked over and his fa- yes, they okay. open up his face. Yeah, is that, that, that doesn't happen yet, right? That's, or rather, that has already happened. I think this happens before the crystal ball. Yes. I think you are okay. correct in Good. that. Good, I yes. just wanted so, to check uh, that. I couldn't quite remember how he gets knocked down and all of that. Uh, but yeah, so it's revealed that... Mr. Magoo, that's not correct. <laughs> I'm, I'm mixing up Magoo and Mondavarius. Mondavarius is uh, revealed as a robot. And then there's some very weird use of slow motion where it's like cut down to one frame per five seconds and they slowly pull well, off the I, mask. I and, imagine it's yeah. because they didn't really have a life realistic Rowan Atkinson mask on a robot. So got to hide a little bit of face at one frame per second. Very true. Yeah. And then the chest cavity opens and reveals that it's Scrappy-Doo. I loved how, again, I was about to say Mr. Magoo, Nagoo was so shocked by all of this. He was more than happy to work for his theme park owner boss, who eight years into the project they'd been running together, decided he wanted to take over the world. Absolutely fine with that. As soon as it turns out he's a robot and then also an evil dog, super shocked and not wanting to be involved anymore. Okay, I'm going to argue that's fine. If you find out that your boss is a dog, that's a dog in a human suit. 
that's weirder than them just turning a bit evil. I mean, he was cool with the monsters, though, the weird bunny monsters. He was cool with yeah. them taking over the world and being a part of that. The end of all humanity was fine, but at the hands of a dog? No. Yeah, so this is where he absorbs the souls. So he doesn't absorb Scooby's soul because Shaggy has saved him. But Scrappy-Doo has, through the Damon Reuters, such a fucking weird description. What is this plot? <laughs> absorbs the souls or the protoplasmic heads of everybody on the island. And this is where Scooby-Doo parallels Batman Arkham Asylum. Have you boys seen Yeah, that? I totally get oh, what you I, mean. I haven't. The final boss. I haven't played this. Joker is obviously an excellent villain all the way through. And I think is somewhat similar to Scrappy doing this. They're quite both manic. And both Arkham Asylum and this film end with, well, what? how do you fight uh, a villain who's just a bit of a fucking manic weirdo? I know what. We'll make him massive. And it's a big old physical fight. So in Arkham Asylum, he has Venom, or Titan, I think it is in that, actually. Uh, and the Joker becomes this big hulking guy you have to fight. And in this, Scrappy-Doo has the same thing. Yeah, it's one of the uh, worst boss fights in sneezing. any game ever. It's not awesome. It's a bit anticlimactic yeah. after such an awesome game. I'm glad to hear that, that resonated with you, Sam. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Scrappy-Doo's transformation, he seems to be... The implication is that he's becoming super-powered. I don't really know what superpower he has apart from being really big and having HCG belly. <laughs> Which, Google that. <laughs> something, I think that's something I've picked up off Reddit. It's like when you see real, like, real fucked up massive bodybuilders oh, and the belly gut. just kind of... Yeah. HGH gut, that's it. Yeah. H... Yeah, I don't know where I got that bunch of letters from. Let me, let me re-record that. <laughs> HGH belly when i googled what you said it gave me results for hepatitis c stomach <laughs> so apparently there's oh something Lord. to do with that that happens to you that's, that's not what i was going for but yeah that is the first thing i thought is when the big belly popped out i just thought of all modern bodybuilders mm. yes. but yeah i mean gross belly the overall model of big scrappy is horrible to look at but the method by which he grows like one limb at a time that's very pretty cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. I liked that a lot. Uh, I didn't like the sneezing. Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't like his nipples. And I don't know where his willy was. But other than all those things, I was in. <laughs> I wasn't too worried about those things. But yeah, like, and in reverse as well, when he then starts to shrink and ends up at one point with the scrappy body with just that massive head. Massive head. Yeah, yeah iconic. Effort's gone into it, even if it's not the prettiest CGI. There, there is an effort at comedy throughout. So let's work our way towards there. Uh, Daphne fights the luchador whilst Fred fights some henchmen uh, and Scrooby runs from ha uh, from Scrappy uh, in his old form. <laughs> Daphne drops the luchador here through the, the grate in the ceiling and knocks the skull what down. What does Velma do? Velma's just hanging about, yeah, bro. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely nothing. She's not the hero of this story. Oh, I know. She's barely in it. <laughs> Shaggy takes the Damon Rydus from Scrappy-Doo's chest with the big pincer thing that was used to take the souls of everyone and releases all the souls in a very satisfying way. And that's when he shrinks. Very cool stuff. And everybody's defeated. All the, the demons are ejected from the bodies of the, the party goers and they're burnt by the disco light sunlight, something that definitely wasn't Velma's idea. And well, we're at the bloody end of the bloody movie. But all of the souls... Uh 
burst out and you've got to assume that they just go back to the correct hosts instead of what happened earlier. They all go back to the right people, which is fine for everyone in the cavern. But we already know that there's like coast guards and people who have left. What about all the people who were like taking a shit at the time and then a massive monster popped out of them? You're just in a dark room with no sunlight. Yeah. What goes down? Any way that you're not in direct sunlight. Looks like you need a little sunlight. Bit of SPF 1 million. (laughs) What a line. (laughs) But yeah, so they win. Scrappy is defeated. And then we get almost the mirror scene from the beginning where they're at the weather. The news reporters show up. It looks like Fred's going to take all the credit. Oh, hang on, hang on. First of all, Shaggy finds Mr. Mondavarius yep. below the bunker. Uh, and Rowan Atkinson comes out all disheveled. Uh, and he's a real human this time. And the reason I want to touch on this is because I feel bad for him. Because he has got a fucking two-year pile of bills, invoices, emails to respond to. Because there's no fucking way Scrappy Doo was doing that admin for him while he was I mean, gone. He's gonna lose his business because a fucking dog was running it for two the years. The park's still going. People are still visiting. They've got an airline now. Maybe Scrappy's been nailing it. To be fair, he's probably not paying these monsters. Yeah, he's saved him so much. If you're then making all of your guests, <laughs> oh yeah, if, if you're making all these people into monsters that work for you, there's no way those monsters are being stingy with their money, right? Oh, I'm not paying 15% tip. Come on now. Service charge. Exactly. Now we know what this movie was. Just a fucking great business model. <laughs> yeah. Possess everybody, put them into massive debt, make them work at the island for free. This is 100% <laughs> just a tax dodge. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so now the press turn up. Scrappy-Doo is taken away like the little pissy cunt yeah. he is. And yeah. that is well, the end of the Well, it looks like Fred's going to take credit for the whole thing like he did at the beginning. But then they give Velma a little pat on the head and they go, off you go, you go talk about how we won. And she says that it was through the combined effort of all of them, which is fucking horse shit. She did nothing. <laughs> Everyone except her. But she got to she got to talk to the news reporters. That's her character arc. That and that sick line that she did, SPF one million. Looks like you need a little Well wow, what a legacy. <laughs> That's the end of this movie, yeah. guys. Carl, have you got any trivia for us? No. So Excellent. we've already discussed that... <laughs> so we've already discussed that Scrappy wasn't the original villain. Do you know who were the first contenders for villain of this movie? Contenders? Okay, I knew oh. it was at one point yeah. going to be the Lunar Ghost yeah, was most but... supposed to be the big one because he was on all the posters. Yeah, he was on all the posters and the idea was that... Because he says at the beginning he will get his revenge. So he was the main one, but there was also, it was also considered for, I don't know who this person is, I didn't Google it, the actor Don Knott, because in the airport scene, Fred references Scooby licking himself at a party at Don Knott's house. Oh. A, a, a line that most people wouldn't have even registered, almost decided the villain. I have watched this movie probably close to a hundred times. And that is the first time I've ever heard that name. <laughs> I still don't know what it is. I've just Googled him. He played Mayor Turkey Lurkey in Chicken Little. And that's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of any of his other films. <laughs> I'm glad neither of those were the final villains for this movie because both of those sound awful. But imagine the lunar ghost 
using the daemon writers to make himself massive and how big his balloon head would be. That would okay, be like a hot air balloon. Fucking like. get on board with, yeah. Hot air <laughs> and then, like, a load of tentacle ropes come out of the bottom of the balloon and it all tentize Why? everybody. Why? Why? Every week now, is it? You're obsessed with tentacles. <laughs> well, now it's out in the open and I'm free to talk about it without judgment. Yes. Okay, Carl. Is that all the trivia? We trivia it out? Oh, I don't work that hard. Sam, have you got any bad reviews for us? Yes, I have. I got, I got three of these for you. Um, Sophie gives this two stars. Says, this may not be a great movie, but that's because Shaggy is only using 5% of his power. If he, <laughs> if he used all of his power, this would have been a movie so incomprehensibly powerful that the human mind would not be able to process it. Shaggy's omnipotence may create the best viewing experience in history, but we would simply combust in trying to understand what we had witnessed. Shaggy is God. <laughs> oh, so a great meme, this love, movie sport. I love the Shaggy only using 5% of his power meme. Yeah, me too. Great stuff. Uh, next one, submitted by Way of the Red Panda, gives it half a star, says, As a lifelong Scooby-Doo fan... This is, a, this is barely accurate to the characters or lore whatsoever. This is a catastrophe in every sense of the word. Let me list a few annoyances with this film. Bad CGI, even for the time. The scrappy piss scene. Farts, <laughs> burp, gross out humour. Extra points off for the burp battle. No character development or believable relationships. They turned Fred from an eccentric himbo, don't know what that word means, to an ignorant sexist pervert, yet Daphne still somehow kisses him at the end. I'm assuming male bimbo. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the scrappy piss scene. Horrible costumes, <laughs> horrible dialogue, horrible CGI. The scrappy piss scene. <laughs> plot made no sense and is needlessly convoluted for a Scooby-Doo plot, which could be done cleverly if thought out was put into actually making a good mystery. I don't think that... I think I had an aneurysm during that. Everyone's fucking annoying, even if I do think Matthew Lillard is a good shaggy. The scrappy piss scene. Everyone <laughs> looks gross and sweaty. Early 2000s haircuts. The scrappy piss scene. Why the fuck did the Led Zeppelin guy even need to be in the movie? There's no relationship or build-up. They just needed Velma to get with someone, even if Shaggy makes more sense, which apparently oh, that guy yes. was Led Zeppelin. Oh, because he was wearing a Led Zeppelin shirt. Got yeah, it. okay, yeah. I was a that bit lost a second too. Last point, the scrappy piss scene. Well, in the original cut of, well, not the original cut of this, the original script for this, Velma was a lesbian, and yeah. there was a relationship going on with her and Daphne. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we can all agree that none of us would ever want to see that. Absolutely not. Filth. Not my Christian, not in my Christian Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was written out because Warner Brothers said, bury the lead on it so she can be lesbian, but you can't lean into it. But then they don't do that at all. Like there's a guy that's clearly supposed to be the interest. I kind of assume they had because when, I don't know if he goes for a kiss, but there's definitely a moment she doesn't let it happen. She kind of pushes him away and punches him in the arm. I kind of figured that was the remnants. That was all that was left of that original idea. Oh, maybe. Okay, last one. And this isn't a short one either. Emily Griffin also gives it half a star. If you gave me one week, I could have made this movie by myself on a ThinkPad 701C in a dark room running only on Alprazolam, dopamine injections, and a single frozen hot pocket, and it still would have been better, it still would have had better CGI than this disgrace. This movie absolutely disdains the name of Scooby-Doo franchise, 
and I would pay an enormous price to get it wiped off the face of the planet. Raja Gosnell has made some beautiful work with Home Alone and Mrs. Doubtfire, but his diminutive brain was obviously wrung dry by the time 2002 rolled around. This senile Cro-Magnon troglodyte absolutely ruined every single character and made them the most unbearable group of people I've ever seen on screen. I would rather spend a night sleeping on the floor of a public men's restroom than be forced to view this again. That woman sounds like an absolute Velma. (laughs) Look, uh, firstly, what a lovely connection to two other films we've watched. Yeah. uh, Mrs. Doubtfire and... We haven't haven't done Home Alone. Oh no, we haven't watched Home Alone, but we have mentioned it many times. Um... (laughs) We've watched 101 Dalmatians, it's just as good. And I don't know where I was going with that. I disagree with all of those reviews. I agree Matthew Lillard is a fucking standout in these films. Yeah. And maybe this isn't the most faithful Scooby-Doo adaption, but I think this is a film that plays well to both young people and people of our age, old people, uh, uh, who, who can find enjoyment in this. Every time I watch it, there's something new. We've spoken about several things during this, where there's things I've noticed that I'd never understood when I was a kid. So uh, I, I guess what I'm saying is, boys, I did think I was good, do I? Oh. So you did think that yeah, was good, did you? To. I fucking love this ask, shit. You didn't ask, but it was implied. You don't have to. I've said it so many times. This this isn't a film that needs that question. It is fantastic so and enjoyable sad. at any time of year. You thought that was good, did you? That's not the name of this right. podcast. <laughs> it's not the name of the podcast and it's not my question to answer, but since you've asked, yeah, really good. Loved it. That's it. It's just a really fun film. Yeah, The cast is perfect. The plot is ridiculous, but it works. Honestly, it it doesn't get like amazing reviews. I think it probably should. No. It's pretty iconic. Yeah, strange that we most people you meet of our age, around our age, they, they hold this in high regard, I think. It's a, a yeah. part of your childhood but yeah the reviews are awful objectively yeah the the plot isn't great and doesn't make sense but this is a movie of goofs yeah. and for just enjoying yourself you're not watching this to experience some amazing piece of art this is something to put on and know you're going to enjoy no matter how many times you enjoy it i think yeah. there is you watch it <laughs> there is a group out there who are in fact i think they probably wrote these reviews the Scooby-Doo evangelists, the purists, <laughs> yeah. who have very strong opinions about what should and should not constitute a Scooby-Doo movie. And those people need to fuck off. It's fucking Scooby-Doo. You don't speak for us. <laughs> Shut up. But yeah, they, they complain that this movie is 2-2002, but that was the perfect time to make this movie. Absolutely. The time where Absolutely. they made live action movies that were like true to the original cartoon. It's the time when the Spider-Mans and X-Men's were coming out as well and trying to actually just make a movie that is true to the source material. Like have you boys seen say The Kid Detective? No. It came out a couple of no. years ago. Cuz I always feel like that that's the sort of thing we get now when we do a play on those old mystery stories. So The Kid Detective is about a child detective who lived the, the Fantastic Five, whatever they were called, life of solving mysteries and going about and living the great life, and then grows up and he's now an adult, and life is awful. There's always got to be that sort of dark twist on it. You sort of see the same thing's probably going to happen in the new Scooby-Doo cartoon called Velma, where Scooby-Doo's not going to be in it. Yes, yeah. just oh. Velma, Shaggy, and Fred. 
And Fred is played by Glenn Howerton, which I'm very excited about. So yeah, you huh. wouldn't get this sort of movie now. So I, I'm a big fan. Well, I'm a very big fan. Uh, I just need to, I need to change what I've just said. You, you said that Glenn Howerton is playing Fred, and I said, good choice. I take that back. That's mad that he would be playing Fred. He would make such a good Scooby Doo villain. Yes, I think what this is a more adult version of Scooby Doo. So they're going for Fred who maybe leans into that more himbo side. Uh, but I can't speak to it. I don't know much about this new Velma series, but apparently it's more, meant to be more adult. Velma yeah. is lesbian in it. I don't know why it's taken so long just to get out and do that. But then also there's a lot of controversy around this series because Shaggy is black and Velma is played by Mindy... Somebody help me. Uh, I know who you mean. Yeah, no, you mean Mindy Kaling? Mindy Kaling. Something like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. I think so. I know you. Yeah, I, so everybody's up in arms for some reason because I'm, things I'm can arms, never change. But I'm an, they must uh, always about, be the same. There's no Scooby-Doo. Yeah. That is a great character to add a bit of adult humour to, I think. I might be wrong. Although I did have I did have a bit of a um, sad moment watching this where I was thinking, I mean, could they like, release a sequel much later? We had one and two yes. big breakups. Yes. I mean, you say yes. I say Great Danes live on average seven to eight years. <laughs> <laughs> and now all the cast is about 50 odd years old. We can have a shaggy... Have you boys seen Happy? It's a, a dark series on Netflix. I, I've seen episode one, so I'm aware of the concept. If we could get a Shaggy who is drinking himself to death and doing drugs because his best friend died seven years into their best friendship and he still sees him and talks to him and he's trying to bustle his way through his own demons, that's the shit I want to watch. Glenn Howerton so, play that Shaggy. That would be awesome. I am in. That would be amazing. <laughs> We keep turning into a dark version of Total Reboot for some reason. <laughs> How can we make this awful? I can I to cut one out of last week. All oh, right, I'm in. Never mind. I take it all back. I'm in. Macaulay Culkin drinking himself into a stupor because <gasps> oh his dog my died. God, yes, that's good. Right, can we cancel what we do now and just go pitch that, please? <laughs> yes. Okay. I will get a loan at the bank. <laughs> Someone's got to pay Macaulay. Yeah. Is that everything, boys? That's everything. That is everything. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you boys for joining me. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review and follow us over at So You Think Pod on Twitter. Join us again next week when we'll be finally watching Men in Black. Until then, I'm pretty sure you meant Melvin do. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I can't believe we forgot to talk about Don't You Mean Melvin, did you? Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's the best line. <laughs> <laughs>